With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. On today's podcast, we're going to focus on the job of an analyst at the FBS level and what that means and what opportunities that it creates in the coaching profession. And joining me to discuss that is the senior analyst of special teams at West Virginia, Tyler Hancock. Tyler, great to have you here today. Thanks for having me on, Keith. Excited about it. So, Tyler, let's let's talk a little bit about your background. Uh, you know, for you, uh, high school was you were a quarterback and you uh, you went on and coached a little bit with with quarterbacks, um, but you ended up in in this uh, special teams role. So. I'm interested to learn how you got to this, just starting with what was it that really spurred you on to become a football coach? Yeah, so uh, played from age six on and, and I love the game, love watching NFL, college, high school, any level really. Um, and then once my playing career was done, I worked a couple camps and uh Got found a lot of encouragement in coaching and getting feedback from players. Just being around the game for so long, you you pick up on a lot more than you think as you get into a coaching role. Um, so, kind of started out uh, at Division two level in high school, and then uh, volunteered for a couple years. Worked with offense, defense, just trying to add some value and find a niche, and then. Uh, a special teams opportunity came about and it was something that I wasn't interested in at the time, to be honest, but then you, you get to deal with the whole team and offensive defensive players and learn the different techniques and, and scheme and then find out really how important that third of the game is, which for so long had, had been a secret. Um, but now a lot of teams are investing in. So it's, it's been a really fun role to be a part of. So the analyst world, which you have not served as an analyst your in, in entire career, but um, that's the role you're in right now. And as I look at analyst jobs in football, I've, I've seen those, especially just in the last few years, really starting to evolve in, uh, in, in how much you see those guys uh, helping in the creation of the game plan, really taking you know, the, the film work that they do, now starting to fold in uh, more analytics, deeper analytics, and understanding both your team and 
the other team as well so that you could put together game plans and practice plans and and continue to uh, keep the team uh, working towards you know that uh, reaching their full potential so for you and as you stepped into that role you know being somebody who was you know used to being on the field and, and now in this different role what was that transition like for you and what things I guess did you have to to learn that maybe hadn't been part of your coaching toolbox before yeah, a couple things, Keith. Uh, you can't, you know, when you want to correct a player immediately on the field, you got to remember you're in an off the field role, and that kind of knee jerk reaction, you got to stop and, you know, understand and not overstep compliance. That's the first part as far as the, the coaching aspect, and then the second part, just take with the analyst role, it's a lot of behind the scenes work, uh, whether that's roster management, practice plans player meeting prep, uh, player, you know, practice review. There's a whole lot of behind the scenes, a lot of uh, stuff that you do as a graduate assistant. And it's a lot of getting ready for your team, making sure you get the right plan where you're mapping things out, you know, a couple of weeks at a time to stay ahead. And then presenting the plan to, to those who are involved in it and then get everybody on the same page where you can go attack it and, Go execute the plan. So for you in the special teams phase, take us through, you know, in season, what a typical week looks like as far as the, the workflow that you're going to do as an analyst. Yeah, so starting on Sunday after after a game, Sunday is really the busiest day where you're getting, getting the grade sheets finalized uh, from the previous game, and then it's a quick turnaround to – put that game to bed and get on to the next opponent. So the, the goal is really to stay ahead a few days or hopefully a week where you can close the chapter on one game and, and get prepared for the next one. And Sunday is really the most critical day. And then that bleeds into game plan meeting uh, with the head coach and the assistant coaches involved in special teams. That's on a Monday. Um, we practice on, on Monday. So you're getting the practice plan the initial game plan all kind of laid out on a Monday and then go walk through it with the players, uh, have meetings, go walk through. And then Tuesday, Wednesday, uh, balancing the, the different phases, making sure you're getting the drill work as well as the scheme. Uh, you know, really Tuesday, Wednesday, the intro is about over. So you're, you're lining up quick, getting the game plan executed and then going to practice it at a, a full speed tempo on a Tuesday and Wednesday um, and then Thursday, Friday, kind of later in the week, most of the game plan is in. You still got uh, maybe some fakes to execute or your field goal, field goal block, your onside enhanced team schemes. Those go in a little bit later in the week. Um, and then Friday, quick walkthrough, get ready for uh, player meetings in the hotel, make sure they got their tips and reminders ready to go, and then you know, go go get ready to play on Saturday. So kind of feel like I've, I've got the groove down, you know, doing it for a few years where Sunday's not as as busy, but it's really inevitable, right? Like there's there's a lot to prepare for, a lot to get communicated so that Saturday you're greased up, everybody's ready to roll. With the different roles that, you know, you mentioned some assistant coaches being involved, a, a coordinator, et cetera, um, 
what's the the structure like for you guys and how you organize your coaching staff at West Virginia as far as taking care of each unit? Yeah, I think it's a I think it's a really unique way how we set it up with with special teams. So we got uh, our special teams coordinator who oversees everything. He's in charge of a unit, and then we split up uh, the rest of the staff to have a role on each special teams unit, whether that's the unit lead for one of the the main four phases, or if that's you know coaching the gunners. There's like our tight end coaches handles the gunners, so. He's in charge of that. Um, so yeah, just getting the getting the whole plan coordinated and and talked through. And we got some great coaches here. Where it's it's certainly not me that has all the answers. I lean on them, and and we've created a kind of a culture on special teams where it is a true third of the game, and you are getting buy-in from players and coaches, you know, even from the top down. So really the I think it's kind of a growing trend where you've got an analyst uh, such as myself in the role who can sort of be the engine, the the eyes behind the plan and stay ahead and map things out and anticipate any issues or problems that may happen. And then, you know, there's, there's so many eyes on special teams that you're able to be successful and really gain an edge in that phase of the game. Yeah. Definitely, I agree with that. And I know, you know, in the role that you serve, and, and when I was at Baldwin Wallace, I had a student assistant. He had played for me, was on my, my kick return unit, which was the unit I was in charge of. I was also the offensive coordinator. And I know yeah, uh, in that year, you know, taught him how to, to, to break down film, what we were looking for, um, you know, looking for what might be our best returns that week, you know, and, and basically we carried a right, a left, and then a counter to each uh and then any special things we needed to prepare for and he would spend his time breaking those things down for me which I, I can't tell you how much more he was able to put into that than probably I would just given the yeah. amount of time I had to put into an offensive game plan um how many different coaches uh, are you working with in that way that you know you're breaking you mentioned you know having somebody who's in charge of the gunners or somebody who's in charge of a whole unit uh, but being able to break down all those components and really help those guys, uh, you know, prepare their players and execute on game day. Yeah, so it ends up being all ten of the assistant coaches as well as the head coach have a part. They've all got a piece in special teams, um, in the big four, kickoff, kick return, punt, punt return, and then uh, we've got a unit lead for field goal, a unit lead for field goal block. Um, our defensive coordinator has a, a role on the kickoff team. Like he is, when we break into individual, he's coaching a certain position and teaching them to execute the techniques that we have laid out and, you know, giving them some different things to expect being on the kickoff team. So it's top to bottom. Everybody's involved. Everybody's got a piece and that, you know, creates a lot of, ownership and and even furthermore excitement for special teams which is you know something in the last five six years you know maybe wasn't that important or wasn't invested in as much and i think you're seeing a a trend a definite growth in our staff as as well as different programs around the country where special teams isn't just another play it's something you know if you're an offensive coordinator you want the ball on 
on the 40 yard line or the 25. So it, it adds that element where you're not just doing it because the head coach assigned you to do it, but it's full ownership where, you know, all 10 of the assistants are involved. And then you get graduate assistants who are involved in the, the scout team depth chart, the scout team schemes that they're going to give each day. So that's four or five GAs that are also involved. Um, and it's, it's really good. Cause then, you know, the players see the importance of it and everybody's got a, a piece of it, a role in it. So it, it makes it even more important. You spend a lot of time breaking down everything you guys do, looking at practice film, looking at the techniques you're using, obviously scouting up the opponent and looking at those same types of things with them for you. Where are you able to find some of the opportunity that exists within special teams? Maybe that, um, you know, other people don't see, or if, if uh, you don't have this setup where you have an analyst and somebody who's really breaking that down, um, maybe a place where coaches and smaller staffs can start to look for those. Where do you see the, the opportunities in special teams? Yeah, I think uh, in my role, you know, I'm able to watch every player, every play, and and kind of stay ahead for the rest of the staff. So say there's a gunner on a release who either released the wrong way or didn't use the proper technique to you know get past the jammer, then that's something that I can stay ahead on and, and tag and make those guys aware, whether it's the player or the the staff member involved in that. And that's something that I think it adds a lot of value in the staff that you can have someone who's who's watching top to bottom every play and can keep track of, you know, who's doing really well, who's got a common mistake that needs to be fixed. Um, and then the, the next thing I think we're doing a really good job of is relating a lot of special teams play and technique to offensive defense, just keeping special teams as, you know, it's all football, it's all ball. It's, this is going to help you. I know you weren't recruited here, to play the right tackle on the punt team. But that's going to help you if you're a running back in pass pro. Um, so just bringing it full circle and, and being able to stay ahead um, on individual players and and helping kind of help the whole thing run. How much of the evaluation of, of players and placement of players uh, work falls on you? Yeah, I think uh, – I'm probably the first one to, you know, bring bring an idea or a change or, you know, maybe there's a guy who, who doesn't have a role, um, as heavy of a role on O or D or even special teams to, to find them a role in special teams. And that's, I think, a, a big help for just top to bottom roster development. But our staff does a great job. Like I mentioned, that, you know, everyone's involved. Everybody's got ownership. So it's a lot of times it's not just me bringing that up there. We've got all 10 of our assistant coaches and the head coach very involved. So uh, we bounce a lot of things off each other and it's good. It's a good environment where you know, everyone's kind of held accountable and, and we all get the same goal. So having everybody together involved in special teams, um, you know, helps us reach those goals that we have. So, Coach, looking at the things you do and thinking about how that might translate to uh, other levels or other situations, uh, different types of coaching staff, size of coaching staff, et cetera, 
there's still work to be done regardless if you want to be good at special teams. What have you found to be some of the most effective things in being able to have your meetings, communicate, et cetera, in the most efficient manner? Yeah, so I think we do a, a great job of having a daily special teams meeting, and typically that follows a, t- a staff meeting where you get everybody in there, and we'll take you know whatever it is five ten minutes and and run through the plan for the day. So you get everybody in there um, that's going to take five ten minutes, and we're going to talk about the special teams plan, you know, whether that's for the day or the game plan. Um, you know, get into different individual players and talk about strengths, weaknesses, must improves. So I think it's a really good setting almost daily to get everybody together on the same page, even if it's redundant where it's a plan you've, you know, you're going to execute for the second time. And maybe there's a detail that someone in the room needs to hear and, and get executed for the player. So I think having that daily meeting is really good. Um, the other thing that I always try to stay ahead on, and that's, it could just be as simple as walking down to the running back coach's office and, Hey, what do you think about this drill? How we're doing this? Or, Hey, this scheme here that, that we're seeing could give us some issues. Here's a, you know, a solution or two that I see, you know, what do you think? So it, it's still communication is undefeated where you got to go and, and, you know, there's a problem and we all want to find a solution. So going to communicate that. And again, we got some great coaches on staff who have have coached for a long time, and, and they have a bunch of great ideas, and, and we're able to bounce off each other. Where you, know, you can't can't have the mindset of, you know, I'm always right, or this is the way we've done it, so it's got to be the right way. So, being able to to meet one on one in a group setting, um, and, and have that as a a regimented plan where you meet on it every day. You know, there's no stone left unturned or nothing's really going to fall through the cracks. When you look at getting the repetitions that you need in practice, um, and and I'll step back. I mean, I remember my early days of coaching high school football, actually playing, we did it this way too. We never did individual drills. We just went out and we got a few reps at whatever unit it was. And, you know, in a five or ten minute period, because you're running the full drill and you got to set it up, it's not the most efficient way. Um, so when you look at the, the way you guys break down your practice time between individual or small group and then whole unit, what does that look like for you? And, and you know, you mentioned even looking at helping coaches create dr- drills or tweak drills to handle things. How do you fold that all into the time that you have in practice? Yeah, so through spring and fall camp install, we try to kind of follow the mode of whole part whole where the the players see the big picture. Here's the whole scheme, um, whether that's in a meeting setting or a jog through setting, and then we'll break it into parts where it's, you know, the right side of kickoff is working. The left side of kickoff is working. So then they get to see their individual technique, their individual job responsibility, and just focus on those details where they don't, they're not worried about 11 on 11. They get to, refine and and get down their technique their job responsibility and then once we we train it that way we put it all together and that could be a a half line setting 11 on 11 and then and then go to full Um, or if it's it's a a lot of what we do in a team period is we'll do a condensed set 
where uh, kickoff we may start on the 50 yard line and jog it down um on punt we may change the tempos from rep one to rep two so we'll just worry about the protection and the release first where you're only going five yards and then we'll reset and get a full cover rep so trying to save legs as well as you know get the most efficient work you can where you got four and a half five minutes to get a eight play script for punt or one of the other units and you want to be as efficient as as efficient as possible getting the right reps in getting the right guys in those plays so there is a lot of a lot of prep on that uh, a lot of coordination with scout team logistics uh, managers but you know just getting that whole plan together and and then getting in an efficient setting for a team period has been really good what have you found to be the best ways to organize your scout teams especially as the season gets going so that you're not wasting time on the field. Yeah, so we put them we put uh the charts in the meeting rooms on on the TVs, we'll post it in the locker room and we'll do, you know, the punt team and then right below it is the scout punt return team. So everybody knows where they are um and we've got a, a great set of GAs here that helps coordinate that and much like we do with the special teams units, we will break the GAs up. Um, the support staff will break them up into different individual responsibilities for the scout teams. So they take pride in that and then, you know, always reward the scout team for great effort. Um, and we'll give them a reward if they block a kick in practice or make a great play on one of the special teams units. So keep them involved. And then the next part of, of that, why it's important is the GAs are getting trained to coach a certain position, a certain technique, and they get invaluable experience there. And then from a player standpoint, you know, so many times a guy has, has done really well on scout team and he earns his way into the two deep. And a lot of times I've seen, you know, get a starting role on special teams. So and that all, all kind of works upward and it's, it's a really good setup. When you look at the opportunity you've had in, in becoming an analyst and looking at, you know, big picture, maybe where um, you want your career to go. What, what advice do you have to those guys out there who maybe are looking at, uh, you know, an opportunity to stay on the field and maybe it's in a, a smaller school situation versus being able to, to go to a bigger program and be in an analyst role. Um, looking at those two things, where, where do you see the opportunity for somebody in that situation? Yeah, that's a great question. I think it's a, I think you, you make the most of, you know, the hand that you're dealt and you play it as well as you can. And there's a, there's certainly a lot of different ways to get where you want in this profession, whether that's, you know, maybe coaching a, even in high school or a lower division uh, in college. And, you know, you do a great job anywhere, like people are going to, going to recognize that and find out about it. So if it's, you know, staying at a smaller school and, and, coaching the role there you have aspirations to to move up you know into a power five or division one and i think that's something you can do and then the other way is you know if you're in a ga or analyst role you're still making connections you're still learning a lot and you know you can run with either path and i think get what you want out of it 
from the other aspect of that that guy who is able to step onto the field they have recruiting responsibilities they're a big part of you know you mentioned watching your compliance type things so those guys are certainly you know taking the 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 culture that the head coach puts in place and uh, teaching that to their players so for somebody who's in that analyst role and and looking to be able to grow in in those regards too knowing that if you want to get on the field those are important things how do you develop yourself in those ways yeah i think uh recruiting is nonstop, and it's the, the lifeblood of any program that's really the most important thing so finding roles even in an off the field role where we're designated areas uh territories for recruiting so building relationships in and in, in those territories and then you know previous contacts that you made keeping up with them um and then basically everything outside of getting on the road you know you can still accomplish you can do the film evaluation you can make your recruiting database and keep up with it and, and keep up with offers and camps. And you know, the ultimate goal is to get really good players on campus. So, you know, just because you're not a accountable coach or an on the field coach, that's still something that can definitely be accomplished in an off the field role. Coach, what about the, the, the culture building side of things and, you know, what you're able to do, you don't have a position but you're highly involved with the whole team because you know most of the team has some kind of a role in special teams as well. So what's your role as an analyst in being able to contribute and help build that culture? I heard you mention ownership and buy-in several times through our conversation. Uh, so what's your role in that? Yeah, I think like we have – the way we have it set up is we do uh, 10 different accountability teams where the whole team's split into those, and I have a piece in – and one of those accountability teams. So that's one setting that's great. Um, and then, you know, I can still text or, you know, tell guys to watch some plays and you know, maybe give them a pointer without stretching it out too far. And, and that's, that's one way, you know, without act, actually actively coaching on the field, you know, there's still some things that you can get communicated to certain players on on a technique or a certain responsibility on special team that's one way and then really just being involved in in offense and defense you know them seeing you being around and you know we we want you to be not only a great special teams player but have a a role on offense and defense there's usually more plays in a game on offense or defense so that's that's where a lot of the time spent and invested but you know we, we still want guys to have a role on teams uh or we've got quite a few starters that are playing on, on special teams. So yeah, just being around, uh, being involved in the day to day, even if that's a lot of times sitting down at lunch with them and it's new about a guy or, you know, going out to eat with uh, a position group or an accountability team uh, and the way our program's set up, there's a lot of avenues to, to get around guys and grow those relationships, even you know outside of being a player. So, Coach, when you look at everything you do as a coach, whether that's been in your analyst role here or in previous stops where you've served in different roles, what would be the one thing you do as a coach that really is something you feel gives your players the winning edge? Yeah, I think uh, I'm I'm involved in or responsible for most of the meeting tapes um, and take a lot of pride in in having extreme detail in those. 
um, as well as trying to find you know, new and different ways to teach. Not everybody learns from you know, X's and O's on a PowerPoint. You got to sometimes pull up an NFL player who made a great play on special teams or you know, use different programs as an example. So definitely the detail of, of what's presented to the players, um, that's a really big deal. And then different ways that they can learn, grow, adapt from what we're asking them to do. Those are things that, that I'm obsessed with that you know, hopefully makes an impact. Coach, what's the best way for our listeners to get in contact with you? Uh, yeah, you can hit me up on Twitter. Um, it is TQ Hancock. And uh, definitely hit me up on Twitter. And then uh, my email, my school email is uh, tyler.hancock at mail.wvu.edu. Um, but yeah, we'd love to have some guys reach out and you know, talk some ball. Coach, I, I really appreciate you talking ball with us and taking some time out of your schedule. And best of luck to you and the Mountaineers in 2021. Yeah, Keith, I appreciate it. Thanks a lot. Thanks again for listening to the Coaching Coordinator Podcast. Please check out all we're doing at coachandcoordinator.com. Got some great things coming for you in May. And for the last three months or so of this offseason, we'll be back with all in on offense and our deep dive on defense. We have some great interviews with coaches as well as some quick casts. Check out all we're doing again at coachandcoordinator.com and follow me on Twitter at Coach K Grabowski.